Welcome back to Pace Immigration, paceimmigration.com. Joined once again by immigration lawyer Michael O'Rourke. Michael, good to see you. Hey, Sean. Good to see you, too. How's it going? It's going well, thanks. Uh, let's talk about trying to get into the United States. If you have a drug conviction on your record, we get this email a lot. We get a lot of comments on YouTube and on the social media channels from people that might have something in their background that they're nervous about if they get to the border. So we'll go right into it with border inadmissibility. We've got a few of the main bullets here concerning uh, narcotics or drugs. If you'd like to cover a few of these for us. Sure. So um, it, when you get to the border and you hand your passport over, the first thing they do is run a criminal background check to see if you have any past convictions uh, anywhere in the world. It's not just in the U.S. or Canada. And if you do have a drug conviction, uh, drug possession, dealing, transport, whatever, uh, that will almost always result in an inadmissibility finding. Um, yeah, there's and, no way to uh, for people to hide that, right? I mean, the databases now are, are pretty comprehensive. Yes, they are. And uh, a few years ago, Canada and the U.S. shared uh, or signed a very robust uh, information sharing uh, regime. And it's it, yes, you can't hide uh, old convictions. 30, 40 years ago are popping up in these databases now. Too. Right. Uh, we've got here possession of drugs or drug paraphernalia at the border, something people should be aware of. You've told me this story. Uh, maybe you'd like to go over it for us about a woman who basically just had a grinder uh, for uh, marijuana or pot. She didn't even have a joint or anything like that. And that was enough to get her visa canceled. Yes. Uh, so she was a Brazilian national. Uh, she and her husband had been uh, living and working in Seattle and went up to BC for the weekend. In Washington State, in British Columbia, uh, marijuana was legal at the time, as still is, but uh, uh, she had brought with her a grinder and had put it in her makeup bag. They were searched on the way back. Don't know what prompted the search, but a search is always possible. And they found this grinder and uh, the CBP agent canceled her visa and left her stranded in Canada. Uh, they allowed the husband to go through and return to his job in Seattle. But uh, she actually had to stay in Vancouver, go to get a, uh, an appointment at the U.S. consulate there to get a new visa the consular officer, when she actually got to the appointment, said, oh, well, you need a medical exam, an independent medical examination to determine whether you have an addiction to marijuana. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, th that, again, added more months to the whole process. So she was actually out of the U.S. for about eight months at the time. And I think now it would even be longer just to get through all of the the steps that they put her through for finding this grinder with just a trace amount of marijuana residue in the it's, grinder. Yeah, it's interesting you brought the, uh, the medical angle because we talked about that when we were talking about DUIs or drunk driving convictions. Uh, they can have that, okay, you're criminally inadmissible, but also on top of that, uh, we're going to, you know, find out whether or not you might have an addiction, which would make you inadmissible. Yep. Yeah, that's medical inadmissibility. Uh, so the right. U.S., uh, you can get a two for one. Wow. Okay. So the point is, make sure you have nothing on you when it comes yeah. to drugs when you get to the border. Uh, the admission of drug use is an interesting one. And I remember when Canada first legalized marijuana, 
Uh, I remember seeing this story a lot in the papers. I don't, I don't see it so much now. I'm sure it still goes on, but it's just not a story that makes the papers much anymore. But if you get to the border and an officer at, in the United States asks you if you've ever used drugs and you answer in the affirmative, that can be a problem, can't it? Yes, because then you've admitted to drug use, you've admitted to a theoretical violation of U.S. federal law. So, uh, yes, you then again might uh, have drugs on you or drug paraphernalia on you, so they would definitely search you. They, you might have this medical issue of having an addiction to a certain drug. So admission of drug use will also land you in the inadmissibility pool. Right. And of course, we don't counsel people to lie, but we're just letting you know that if someone asks you that question and you answer in the affirmative, you have trouble on your hands. Exactly. And, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd like to add one thing, and this sure. is Mike's practical advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go for it. Don't go to the border wearing a marijuana leaf on your shirt. You've had you someone, know. you've had someone do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they don't joke around, eh? Like if you go to the border and you're, you've got that on your shirt or you say something stupid, you can get yourself in trouble. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah. What happened in, What happened with the leaf on the shirt case? Did they, did they do a search? <laughs> like what, what went down? Yeah, they did a search and, well, they, they found stuff. Uh, but, yeah, don't give the CBP folks any reason to be suspicious of you. Right. Okay. Uh, one thing I did want to highlight here, it ties in with what we were just talking about, but we want to make it very clear. Uh, Canadians seem to have some difficulty with this. And and it, it, kind of logically, I can see why they would. So people say, but pot is legal in Canada, and it's legal in a lot of states. So what? So what? So yeah. what is right. That's exactly yeah. it. So what? So it, the U.S., and well, Canada too, uh, the U.S. has a federal system and states have the ability to legalize marijuana usage for recreational purposes. That does not mean that the federal government has done the same. And the federal government uh, resolutely sticks to the criminalization of marijuana use and possession. So whenever you cross into the United States, you're crossing into federal jurisdiction, even if just for a minute while you're speaking with the CBP officer and you're entering into the U.S. So uh, between British Columbia and Washington State, between Ontario and New York State, you have to cross that thin federal line and then you are subjected to U.S. federal law. So that's that's how they get you. Right. So don't don't declare if you're going to the border and you're going to Colorado where pot is legal, don't say, hey, I'm going down to visit a pot shop and smoke some pot and, and or go to a pot event in the United States. Just keep your mouth shut. You're just a tourist. Yeah, exactly. Go okay. skiing. Go, right. Go when, to it come, <laughs> when it comes, when it comes, look for the sales. When it comes to uh, pot, there is a minor exception. I believe it's, uh, you've told me before that if you, if you were convicted of having less than 30 grams of marijuana, you might be able to sort out a waiver. So let's go into the, the waiver deal. Sure. So in general, uh, it is difficult to get a waiver for a drug conviction. Uh, it, it, however, there is this small 30 gram exception uh, that's applicable in some cases. The difficulty comes in 
in that most arresting agencies say say you're arrested for marijuana possession in a jurisdiction that either didn't allow it at the time or uh, doesn't allow it currently uh, the arresting agencies rarely actually weigh and quantify how much you have so you might be arrested for marijuana possession could be a joint could be a bag could be in the back of your trunk who knows uh but if they don't quantify it and if it's never established in the criminal proceeding that's brought against you afterwards how much you actually had the um 30 gram exception is kind of moot because you don't know how much you had you could have had 31 grams or you could have had 29 grams or you could right. have had 100 grams uh you just don't know so you can't really prove it unless it's quantified at that point of the process right so if it's a if it's an inch it's a mile if they see marijuana on there and, and nobody measured it then too bad yeah it, exactly it might as well have been a kilo or something okay uh that's basic i mean waivers you've already stated it i guess we should state it more plainly because uh, we, we only talked about it in, in that instance but waivers for uh for drug possession or drug dealing or anything are extremely difficult yeah they are. Um, if enough time has passed, uh, you might be able to get one. Uh, it, it really depends on so many things. I, I'm going to work it into this video too, Sean. It really depends <laughs> on right. the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything depends on the circumstances. I mean, possession, I can see if, it, if it's trafficking, I guess that's a no-brainer. You're not getting yeah, it in the U.S. No, trafficking is a no. Right. Um, uh, sale, distribution, all of those, uh, it's that's going to make it exponentially more difficult to get a waiver and to get into the U.S. Okay. Well, people can contact you anyway to get it sorted out or to try to. You can contact him, Michael O'Rourke, M-O'Rourke at PaceLawFirm.com. Michael, thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, Sean. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.